Welcome back. It's the Brady Farkas Show right here on WDEV AM and FM and WDEVradio.com. A lot of talk today, a lot of talk for the last couple of months about what's going to become of the Vermont Lake Monsters and what's going to become really of all of minor league baseball. And the people who have been covering it better than anybody from the start are the good folks over at Baseball America. And joining us now from Baseball America is Kyle Glazer. Kyle, how are you? Doing all right. Certainly been a busy couple days with everything going on in terms of uh, these seemingly daily announcements about minor leagues and what new leagues are going to be doing in 2021 and beyond. But yeah, it's uh, it's it's an interesting time in the industry, to say the least. You know, I've got basically five things that I think could happen to the Lake Monsters, and I'm just going to kind of run through them and talk about them with you. I'm going to start with what I think is the least likely thing, and I think the least likely thing is that the Lake Monsters occupy the sixth spot in this, quote, MLB Draft League, this college league for top prospects. Five of the six teams are set. I don't see the Lake Monsters being the final team there because of where the other teams are located, it doesn't make a whole lot of sense travel-wise. Do you think I'm right on that first? You know, I'm going to avoid any speculation on what team is going to be where just because there's so many moving pieces. There's a lot of things still being finalized. And even the teams that are going to remain an affiliated ball, those aren't set because what's going to happen is Major League Baseball is going to present some of these minor league teams with a professional development license is what they're called. It's essentially an operating contract to be an affiliated club. And teams have the right to say, no, we don't want to agree to those terms. And so Major Baseball could go to another team that isn't currently on their list of 120 and say, hey, a spot just opened up. So I I know this probably isn't what you wanted, but I'm going to stay away from making any definitive statements of they fit, they don't fit, it works, it won't work, just because what might not fit today could fit tomorrow based on how negotiations with other teams go. There's just so many moving pieces here. Okay, now that's very interesting, though. So I would say on my end, the second least likely option is that the Lake Monsters remain a part of affiliated baseball. I won't ask you to speculate, but as teams get chosen to be on the dance card, what exactly is Major League Baseball looking for? What would potentially save or knock the Lake Monsters out? The number one thing is facilities quality. Major League Baseball is seeking to ensure that across the affiliated minor leagues, certain qualities of clubhouses and locker rooms, certain qualities of weight room equipment are being met. There's a lot of minor league cities where, frankly, the the facilities are not up to par. Major League Baseball is choosing not to do business with those facilities. So that's number one. And the second one is something that Vermont and every other team, it's kind of out of their control which is geographic location. Major League Baseball is trying to eliminate these, you know, 12-hour bus rides in between, you know, two different teams in the same league. Um, so, so obviously Vermont can't do a whole lot about its geography, but if they had wanted to become a viable option to host an affiliated team, and they may still be, again, there's a lot of moving pieces, the number one thing is just about upgrading facilities quality. That's the, the main thing Major League Baseball is looking for. How much does weather impact things? Because I've kind of thought as, as short season A ball goes away and everybody has to be full season affiliated, I thought the number one thing that would knock Vermont out was the weather. Am I, am I right in that or does it not matter as much? I mean, they are keeping teams in the Midwest Lake and it is absolutely frigid in hmm. Wisconsin and, and some of those states up north in April and, and even to May sometimes. So, again, they're trying to reorganize the leagues so that the youngest players aren't exposed to that. They're moving the Florida State and Cal Leagues with warm weather 
to low A while they're moving the Midwest League and the new Northwest League where it's a lot colder to high A so that the players who are there in April, it's not their first foray into pro ball. They're a little bit older. They can handle it better. But not necessarily, no. I mean, there's still going to be cold-weather locales for full-season ball. That, that That's probably not the top priority here in making a decision. There's been talk about the Lake Monsters potentially becoming an independent baseball team. From a financial standpoint, what what's the difference between being a low-A affiliate and being a being an independent team? I got to assume so that the, the Lake Monsters themselves or any other team would have to take on all the operating costs themselves, which would be not advantageous, right? So minor league teams already have most of the operating costs. What being an affiliated team does is it means the players are paid by the major league team. The minor league team doesn't have to pay player salaries. That's the biggest expense. Uh, We at Baseball America have estimated that the cost of moving from affiliated ball to independent ball is an added expense of about $300,000 to $400,000 a year for a team, and that's all pretty much in player salaries as well as insurance and some of the other things involving workers' compensation and the like. So it's about 300 to 400K, which a lot of minor league franchises can't afford. I guess I'm asking anecdotally, I was going to ask you that question first, does that seem like a palatable number? If you're not affiliated, as someone who follows minor league baseball and independent ball closer than anybody, are you able to get still advertising opportunities at the same rate that you were? Because I could see that number growing even higher if you can't get advertising as high. It depends on the market. depends on the team. What I will say is franchise values are not nearly as high in independent ball as they are affiliated ball. So if you're the owner of a franchise that was once affiliated and now you're moving independent ball, the value of your franchise, if you ever want to sell it, it is way lower being an independent league club. So franchise valuations are lower, your expenses are higher. Um, in terms of advertising and ticket sales, it really depends on the market. You know, some minor league markets are very, you know, highly tied to a major league affiliate and fans show up knowing that the players they're seeing are going to be playing for the major league team close to them in a few years. An example would be Lowell, yeah. and the Lowell Spinners and that relationship with the Red Sox. While there are other minor league markets where there's not a ton of close ties between the minor league club and the big league team, and fans are just showing up for a nice night out. So, it, again, it really differs from market to market. I kind of jumped the gun. My fourth thing should have been my first thing. The most unlikely thing is that there's not baseball, period. The Lake Monster said repeatedly there's going to be baseball. I believe there's going to be baseball. So I'm going to gloss over that and just go to number five. I think there's a possibility for the Lake Monsters to join a high-level college league. The New England Collegiate Baseball League already has two teams in Vermont. That's something I personally am in favor of. As someone who studies college leagues around the country, is it easy to join these leagues? So... Again, it's tough because the structure of them is changing, right? So Major League Baseball is kind of putting themselves in the business of running summer amateur college leagues now. When they move the Northwest League into a league like that, or excuse me, the New York Penn League into a league like that, they move the Appalachian League into a league like that. So saying it's easier, not easy to join, you know, in some cases now, it's up to Major League Baseball. It's not just about the local team finding a local league and wanting to join them. So the dynamic is changing, and, and it makes it hard to answer. You know, have you found that people, especially I guess with low, lower-level minor league baseball, do people care about the quality of baseball in their area? I've said 
all along. I'd rather have a high-level college league if it's not affiliated because I want, as a baseball fan, to know that what I'm watching might translate into something on my television set in a couple of years. But other people are like, look, man, I don't care. Give me a 25-cent hot dog and let's call it a day and I don't care who's playing out there. What have you generally found the, uh, the feedback to be on what kind of baseball people care to even watch? It's a split. Again, in every market, major league, minor league, college, there are diehards who are going because they really, really love the game and understand the intricacies of the game and and absolutely care about the quality. Then there's other fans who don't really go, and it is just about grabbing a beer and a hot dog and having a nice night out. Again, that's equally true in a major league market as it is in a minor league market. So it just you know, depends on the fans, and, and some of it depends on the league and the team and the history, too. But again, you'll find both fans in, in every market at every level of baseball. I don't know how to ask this question, so I'm going to try to kind of talk myself through it. We talked about franchise valuation going down if you're not minor league affiliated. I think, I'm just guessing here, that the Lake Monsters have one of the most profitable minor league images. Sell a lot of hats, and there's a lot of teams, youth league teams around the country called the Lake Monsters. Does that stuff go away? if they're not minor league affiliated, I have to imagine that it would be a lot harder to market the Lake Monsters as not an affiliated team. Not necessarily. Again, some of that is how closely they've tied themselves into the local community. I will say, though, that one of the other perks of being part of an affiliated team is Major League Baseball's taking on a lot of, you know, creating sponsorships and doing merchandise deals to get merchandise out to a broader spectrum to get sponsorships that every minor league team that they're affiliated with benefits from. So while, you know, the Lake Monsters might not necessarily sell less hats, they're also, if they're not part of the affiliated 120, they're also not going to be able to reap the benefits from some of these national marketing deals that Major League Baseball is trying to strike on behalf of minor league baseball moving forward now that they've uh, taken over operations. As someone who's a baseball fan, first and foremost, you and me both, if the Lake Monsters or any city loses their minor league affiliation and in some cases loses baseball in general, what do you think the impact of the game or the impact is to the game in some of these small towns? Yeah, look, it's going to hurt the long-term reach of the game. I will say that there are some minor league cities where the local community just doesn't care and the stadium's in really rough shape and honestly you could take affiliated ball from those cities and you really wouldn't hurt your long-term outlook at all but as we've already seen major league baseball do some of the cities they're taking affiliated baseball away from do show up and do care uh you know i made the point yesterday on twitter that they made the entire pioneer league an independent league but the Pioneer League way outdraws the Florida State League, which they're keeping as an affiliated league. So on the whole, you know, you can argue that Major League Baseball could eliminate 40 affiliates and not hurt their long-term reach just because there are a lot of minor league clubs out there where, again, the local community doesn't care. But there's many, many more where they do care, and Major League Baseball is making the mistake of taking affiliated ball away from communities that do care while leaving it in places that don't. 
I'll get you out of here on this, and it's a question I've seen a lot on Twitter. I think there are a lot of fans in this area resigned to the fact that the Lake Monsters will lose an affiliation. If that's true, how long do you think this new system and these 120 teams will be locked in for? Because I see a lot of people say, well, Brady, my hope is that Montreal gets a team and then the Lake Monsters become geographically beneficial for them as a minor league team and we could get it back. Like, Is that something that's viable or are these teams locked in for five years, ten years? So these professional development licenses that Major League Baseball is granting to the affiliated clubs, the 120 affiliated clubs, are expected to be for 10 years. So if you receive one of these PDLs, you will be an affiliated club for 10 years. There are certain, you know, escape hatches where certain conditions aren't met. You know, teams might be able to get out of those. But for the most part, um, it's going to be hard to break in as an affiliated club considering assuming there isn't expansion, assuming we have 30 major league teams moving forward, their affiliates are going to be locked in for the most part for the next 10 years. Now, if expansion happens and Montreal becomes a city, that changes the dynamic. But obviously, we have no idea when that will happen. So it's hard to put a a real timeline on it other than, yeah, for 10 years, these are going to be, for the most part, the minor league affiliates baseball is going to work with. I'm going to throw you one last curveball, something I didn't prep you for, but uh, I, I trust you anyways. Um, we're a Red Sox affiliate. What do you think the Red Sox best course of action is this offseason? I have said they should just gobble up you know, one-year veteran, stopgap guys, build up the farm system, trade guys at the deadline, move J.D. Martinez if they can. That's been my plan. What do you think? Find as many viable pitchers as you can, yeah. <laughs> short-term deals, long-term deals. You know, the Red Sox have some interesting position players making their way up the system. Tristan Casas, Jeter Downs. We saw Bobby Dahlbeck make his debut this year and show off his power. There's not a lot of arms you trust. And given Chris Sales coming off Tommy John surgery and is getting up there in age, you know, Eduardo Rodriguez uh, obviously dealt with a very, very concerning heart issue after contracting COVID-19. He'll be back, but we have no idea what he's going to look like, what his health status is going to be. The Red Sox need arms short-term and long-term, so that's number one. Um, And there's so many pitchers on the free agent market. We're going to have the non-tender deadline tomorrow where a lot more are going to hit the market as well. Sign guys in free agency. Don't trade prospects for, for pitchers right now. You need to stockpile your prospects. Just sign as many pitchers on the free agent market as you can. Kyle Glazer, Baseball America. Him and his team are uh, just crushing it, everything. Minor league baseball negotiations, major league stuff. I saw you guys are, I don't want to speak out of, I don't want to get the figure wrong, but you guys have got a a deal going on right now where I think you can get all the BA coverage for $7 a month, which is a great deal. I would recommend people to do that. So, Kyle, uh, we appreciate the time and all the work that you and your teammates do. Yeah, my pleasure. Anytime. Happy to join you.